yeah, so I wanted to I've I've had this idea for a while cuz I was like if I did a podcast what would I do it about? Yeah. I used to live in Los Angeles. Yep. You kind of live in Los Angeles. Yes. But uh the number one question I get like when people find out I lived in Los Angeles, they say, did you ever meet any celebrities? Yeah. Like they always want to know that. Mm-hmm. And you meet a ton or you see a ton. So I just thought it'd be fun to like catalog all these stories somehow. I was originally going to do it as a blog, but then writing takes me forever. So I just thought I would have somebody ask me about them. Someone that I like click with really well. I feel like you get a lot of information out of me Ooh. that other people might not. That's good to know. I hate planning things, so I just thought we would jump in and try this. And Sounds then if great. it's a failure, that's okay. And it won't be a failure. <laughs> but uh, no, I'd, I love to just do stuff and then and then see what works and what doesn't. Perfect. Also, I thought we have great conversations on our carpools. So even if no one listens to this, it'd be fun to uh, have a conversation recorded. And maybe others would like to eavesdrop because we're so interesting. Yeah, we are really, really interesting. So this <laughs> podcast is, you're the host of it. Okay. And this is what it looks like. It looks like Jessica interviews celebrities. Yes. But in actuality, it's Jessica interviews Matt about celebrities that he has encountered. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then every episode Perfect. is like, episode one, The Rock. <laughs> And then people think, oh, Jessica interviews celebrities. Wow, she got to interview The Rock. I'll click on this. <laughs> and, and I do feel like it'll be more than just, well, here's the synopsis. <laughs> you can look at that. So the synopsis is Jessica Carlson interviews her friend Matt Houchin about celebrities he has encountered. Through their candid conversations, they explore fame, empathy, jealousy, spirituality, pop culture, nostalgia, and more. You would be the host of this, so the pressure's on you <laughs> to make it interesting. I just bring the stories. Okay, I just got nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking each episode is a different celebrity, but episode one is not The Rock. Here's a list of celebrities that I've written down, and you may pick one that you'd like to start with. Are these all celebrities that you have had encounters with? Yes. We have Kate Callen. Is that how you say her name? It's Kato Callen. Oh, Kato Callen? Kato Callen. Kato Callen? Yeah. You don't know Kato Kalen? I do know Kato. I don't know Kato Kalen. He's from the O.J. Simpson trial. No. Wow. How old are you? 33. Okay. So you would have been pretty young then. I'll give you a pass. Mario Lopez. That's Slater from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I know that. Daniel Fischel. Topanga from Boy Meets World. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then Charlie... Charlene Yee? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know who that is. All right. This is going to be a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then I do know who Polly Shore is. Oh, how much interaction did you have with Polly Shore? A lot. Okay. Let's start with Polly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> if I wasn't a celebrity, would you be so nice to me? If I didn't have cheese like every day, would you still want to be with me? If I couldn't buy you diamond rings and all those other expensive things, would you be so into me? Welcome to Jessica Interviews Matt about celebrities he has encountered. My name is Jessica Carlson. This podcast is about my friend Matt Houchin and the celebrities that he has encountered. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Matt. So today's episode, we are going to talk about Polly Shore. Let's first, uh, let's talk to our listeners about Polly Shore and just like what he was in, because I might need a little bit of a reminder as well. I remember his face. I remember his voice. But, like, tell us a little bit about where his fame came from. Yeah, I would actually like to know, I'd like to have you describe Polly Shore. <laughs> oh, God. Just, if someone was like, Jessica, who is Polly Shore? 
What would you say? I feel like Pauly Shore, wasn't he on MTV a lot? Very good, yeah. That's where he got his big start. Ah! I'm in the freaking <laughs> Estonian individual. Because I'm the weasel. Did check out the wood you created. Are you down the chow some serious grinding? Those starts are chilling, mate. Totally, Pauly. Okay, so he was on MTV, and I feel like he was like kind of an MC persona. Yep, VJ. V- oh, yeah, VJ. Poison, world premiere right now. Life goes on. Uh, check it, buddy, a little greasy. I, I remember he had a very distinct voice, and he had he was a little controversial, I think, in some of his, his comedy. Would you say controversial that? Controversial how? Maybe from as someone who grew up in a nice Christian family home uh i might not i might there might have been some judgment against Polly shore he did have long hair <laughs> oh no that is way too far you guys want me to take my pants off yeah! okay party till my pants come off <laughs> Polly shore was also in the movie encino man i remember like a trailer for this movie recently two high school students unearthed a prehistoric man in their own backyard Encino Man. But um, it's not something that I uh, chose to watch at that time in my life. Yeah, I watched it every day. (laughs) (laughs) Every day. Maybe the movie I've seen the most. I really want to know why. (laughs) Why did you watch it every day? Um, I was probably 12 or 13. I mean, we didn't, we weren't rich like your family. And (laughs) I didn't even have cable. Uh, I I had the VHS tape. (laughs) I've always really loved movies about high school, and I thought Polly Shore was really funny. Uh, it's a brilliant premise of a movie. It's really a perfect movie. That's that's high praise. Um, I'm feeling very just sad that I missed out on this movie in my life at this point. I, I think I need to go watch it. It's never too late to become the person you were always meant to be. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about your relationship with Polly Shore. So in 2010, I was living in Los Angeles. My friend Ross McNamara and I had been working with the website Funny or Die to make our TV pilot based on our web series called The Bloomington Brothers. So we were at Funny or Die quite a bit, and Funny or Die would hire us to just work on random projects. And then one day, the director in charge of production came in and asked us uh, if we'd be interested in working on a project with Polly Shore. I, I'm pretty sure Ross didn't know who Polly Shore was, but I was very excited because as I mentioned, Encino Man was the movie I've watched more than any other movie. And now I would get a chance to basically direct Polly Shore. He had made a direct-to-DVD movie called Adopted, where he goes to Africa and tries to adopt a African child. It's basically making fun of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and Madonna. So yeah, we made three videos for Funny or Die with Polly Shore. My friend Annie Mogren came and helped with the shoot. And uh, this, is where, this is why I need a host because it's just me talking is boring. So hopefully we'll be able to edit this. <laughs> uh, well, a, lot, wait, okay. a lot of unnecessary details. So first of all, I need to know, Ross is the person that you made Bloomington Brothers with, which yeah. I've seen a number of those YouTube videos. You have? I have seen at least one or two, yes. Okay. That um, is a number. <laughs> a number. And I find them hilarious. So I think I can picture this Ross guy. We were also 
still making our series at that time. So Ross and I have filmed a Bloomington Brothers sketch with Polly Shore and worked with him on that as well. Is it on YouTube? Yeah. Hey, wait, did you see these things right here? Did you see these things? What, are, what is this? Condoms. And, yeah, oh, no, but what kind are they? Magnums. Which means? You have a big penis. Right, all right, so just right. to get that. How about this? No, 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 come on, you guys, get the f*** out of here. So wait, you were at Funny or Die. Yeah. Describe this, so how did this happen? Did they, did they like, contact you guys? Yeah, at this point, Funny or Die is a production company, and we knew some people that worked at Funny or Die. Also, our managers worked alongside Funny or Die to produce this pilot presentation based on our web series. So we were like at Funny or Die a lot. We had friends there. And then <laughs> Mike Farah came in and was like, I'm good friends with Polly Shore's publicist, and he wants us to make a series for Funny or Die to publicize Polly's DVD, but... He didn't want to devote like a lot of staff time to it. So he basically gave it to us as kind of like a crap project. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, can you guys just take this so that like everybody's happy? Because uh, Polly Shore wasn't like the hottest ticket in town Mm -hmm. in 2010 either. Mm -hmm. So uh, we got this. But I was, I, there's probably few people that would want to work with more than Polly Shore. Wow. So that was very exciting. This is a dream come true for you. Yeah. A a bigger dream would be Tom Cruise. And then after that, probably Polly Shore. He's like number two. I don't know. I mean, I can't think of... It was just surreal to be working with somebody that I've watched and known about my entire life. And it's not like he's not like a hero of mine or I've looked up to him or anything, but he just looms large in my imagination because he is such a unique personality okay we're gonna get to that but i want to know more details about this meeting so so you've the first stuff that you worked on together was the almost like a promo for this these dvds that he was putting out <laughs> yeah it's, it sounds so bad to, like he was selling dvds out of the back of his truck or something <laughs> so, <laughs> so Polly shore had a bunch of dvds that were in his car that he was selling on the beach and you guys Polly shore were... produced a movie that was direct to dvd <laughs> So we made three videos. We made one with where Anderson Cooper is interviewing Angelina Jolie, I think. We stripped out Angelina Jolie and put Polly Shore in. That one turned out great. It's really funny. How do you make the decision, I- I'm going to adopt a child from Ethiopia? Or, or is it just, I met this child and we had this connection? And It was kind of important that, you know, the kid that I did obtain was really cute. Because I'm a single man, like yourself. I wanted to grab a child, so when I was at Pinkberry, Target, and I had the kid in the cart and I'm walking around, girls are like, oh, look at that cute little baby and look at that has-been. So then all of a sudden it's, it takes the edge off of me a little bit. You're very modest. And I take credit for a lot of the funniness of that video. <laughs> at one point we were like reviewing some of the footage and Polly Shore actually, he laughed out loud and he was like, good directing, man, and gave me a fist bump. So Polly Shore appreciated <laughs> my directing. Amazing. And then we made one with Oprah where we took Madonna out and placed Polly Shore in with Oprah. We had to show it to Oprah's people and they were like, no, you, this can never see the light of day. But oh, no. It's, and I, it's, if you see it, it's pretty clear why Oprah wouldn't want it to get out there. Local human rights groups have gone to court and they are saying that you use your wealth and celebrity to fast-track the adoption. Are you hurt by it? Are you angry? I gotta be honest, I stopped being so sensitive when I did the movie In the Army Now, 
after they shaved my head, Andy Dick shaved my balls. We love that, we love that. In the process of making these videos, I had moved back to Minnesota from Los Angeles and this Brad Pitt video, we could just not nail down the what was funny about it. This was the third video we had shot. He's playing Brad Pitt and he's not the best impressionist. All right, Larry, well, uh, thanks for uh, the interesting interview. Um, I just want to say everybody look out for Benjamin Button. A lot of people don't know this, Larry. I'm going to tell you now on CNN for the first time that you actually inspired me for the role when I was playing the old man. <laughs> I got you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it just wasn't clicking. And credit to Polly, he knows when something is funny or is not funny. Mm -hmm. And this was not working, so we would talk every day, multiple times, texting, on the phone. So I'm at, in my childhood bedroom, where I probably used to watch Polly Shore movies. My parents are upstairs, so I have this surreal experience of Polly Shore calling me. I'm talking to him in my old childhood bedroom as peers. Wow. Did you do anything else with him? Yeah, he acted in a Bloomington Brothers sketch as himself. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So we actually shot that at the Comedy Store in his office. And our friend Andy Mogren filmed it, kind of cinema verite style. It seems very real. We have, like, good friends that thought it was real. <laughs> like, What do you mean, thought it uh, was real? Like, the scene is we're pitching him an idea for the Bloomington Brothers TV show thinking he's this Hollywood mogul. And we just, Kirby enthusiasm style, we just said, like, here's the premise of the scene. It's 100% improvised. We don't have any lines that we need to hit. So we just improvise it. So it feels really real. It's shot really real. And so people thought, like, we were actually pitching Polly Shore, like, the worst idea ever. And, like, people <laughs> saw it and they were like, oh, that's, that's too bad that he turned you down oh, or whatever. Man. And why did you film that? <laughs> Yeah. You guys. We left, dude. I didn't say leave the, the, the vicinity. I said leave Hollywood. You should just go. Out of town? Go to the Greyhound station. Go back to your shitty small town. Bloomington's nice. No one wants you guys here. Save yourself some heartache. You, you know, you'd wind up on Celebrity Rehab Show with Dr. Drew. It's like, you don't want to go through all their... You interacted with him on the other side of fame. So he was famous and now he's not as famous. Yeah. Do you, did you get any sense of how fame had affected his life, positively or negatively? Yeah, I, I think once you get that taste of the public loving you and having fans and all that, it's like you just want to keep capturing that and recapturing that. And I've, I can relate to that as well on a much smaller scale. I got a little taste of success in Los Angeles and then I'm still conflicted all the time of like, oh, I should have stayed out there. And it really messes with your head to have like all these people saying, telling you you're super special and you're going to be the star of your own TV show. And so if that has messed with my head on some degree, I can't imagine being like one of the most famous celebrities for three or four years and then be someone that can probably walk around most malls and not get recognized. Yeah. You know, one of the celebrities that I was uh, was very famous at one point that I personally like and is not as famous now, although he's made a comeback, Nick Lachey. Okay. Very famous. Yeah. My first actual like celebrity crush, really. I cherish you for the rest of my life. 
How old were you in the 98 Degrees days? Mm, I was probably like 12 or 13. Yeah, that was my Polly Shore age. I feel like at that age, pop culture really locks into your brain. That's true. I think that's very true, actually. There's a lot of things in pop culture that like really stuck for me at that age. Me too. Namely, boy bands. So, 98 <laughs> Degrees, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. O-Town. O-Town. Loved O-Town. I wonder what the correlation between your development, your brain development at that age. There's got to be a correlation. We, we are uh, drifting from your uh, Nick Lachey crush. Well, I think it's what I'm... This is, We're going into a, a little bit of a rabbit tangent here. Rabbit tangent? Yeah, I think that's the <laughs> expression. How would you feel if you got a chance to work with Nick Lachey today? I feel like I'd be a little nervous. Like, I, I, I don't necessarily think that Nick Lachey and I will be, would be, like, best friends. Would you be worried you'd be disappointed by him? Probably, yeah. Why do you think, like, what does 98 Degrees mean? Um, I think they're trying, if I was their publicist, I would have I um, advised them to pick something that's hot. But that's not even that hot. That's less hot than the human body <laughs> by 0.6 degrees. You're right, actually. I don't know. I never thought about this. But why Less wouldn't you hot. say 99 degrees? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. To be like, we're humans, degrees. but we're like, we're at 99 just degrees. Just a little hotter than normal humans. <laughs> yeah. I think just logistically, you wouldn't want to call yourself 101 degrees. You wouldn't want to call yourself 100 degrees. Yeah. I think 99 is about the highest you could go, but then it does, even then it doesn't have like the ring to it. Also, can the human body get colder the 98.6 degrees. Yeah. I feel like my body temperature is frequently like 98.1 or 97.9. Well, why doesn't it ever... Like a body gets to be like 104. So why can't it get to be like 92? I bet you that a body can get down pretty low and still be fine. Yeah. I mean, Brendan Fraser was literally frozen for thousands of years and <laughs> was able to be dethawed in the movie Encino Man. <laughs> Like, you don't have any ambition to meet Nick Lachey? No, because... I don't have any ambition. I don't really <clears throat> have a lot of ambition to meet celebrities, to be honest. Okay, so this, this podcast premise is very uninteresting to you. No, it's extremely interesting because I like hearing about people meeting celebrities. Like, yeah. this has been very, very entertaining, for sure, especially... <laughs> in like such a specific way that you've met all these people like my encounters with celebrities are i saw bruce willis in the traverse city michigan mall once why was he there um rumor his oldest daughter oh i know rumor willis of course you know rumor willis <laughs> i know of rumor willis <laughs> she uh she actually went to interlock and arts academy which is the it's one of the top um arts academies in in the entire country and it's in interlock and which is right next door to Traverse City. And just one time I just saw, I saw Ruth Willis at the mall. Here's the thing. One of the things that I don't love about myself is that I compare myself to a lot of people. So when I meet people who are what I would call like more famous or more successful, like I, I kind of get nervous or I don't like, so I've, I've done a lot of work to try and fix that and just see people as people 
and not compare and just like, oh, like this is just a human. So I feel like when you meet a celebrity, it's really hard for you to do that. Like you get the starstruck brain. You're constantly like thinking twice about everything you're saying or doing. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and I don't like that, like especially in a social situation. Uh, at the global corporation that we work together at, do you feel that way with executives? Uh, no, not anymore. I used to quite a lot in my previous global corporation that I worked at. <laughs> Um, I spent a lot of time being really anxious uh, about talking to people. And I feel like I, I did a lot of like just trying to intentionally practice and just kind of get over that so that I didn't have this like celebrity complex when I talked to people. And I think part of it was an an increase in my own confidence and my ability to like, because what happens is you're like, oh, I am less than thou. And so you start to like diminish your own worth in whatever the context of the situation is, you don't speak up and like share your ideas or like in a social situation, I might not like tell a joke to Polly Shore because I'd be like, he's going to think the joke is dumb because he's way funnier than me or something like that. So it's like, I've just, I kind of got over that. And I think a part of it is just like increasing in my own confidence in my, and also decreasing the pedestal that I put these people on. Yeah. I feel like also you're a director level now, so yeah, I'm a big not, shot. You're not far away from. I'm kind of a big deal. That you're like on a nearby pedestal at least. <laughs> Maybe that's the answer: is build yourself just as big of a pedestal. <laughs> I, for me, like being a three on the enneagram, where I try to like change my personality to please whoever I'm with or be the most pleasing to whoever I'm with. I run into that with uh, executives at work where. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can act like myself or I try to like act like the most like the person that they would want me to act like Mm -hmm. in my head. Yeah. I'm getting better about it though. Yeah. I mean, I think practice and then like having the affirmation of being myself and people like appreciating it. Yeah. I think it's for me too. just getting older is helpful. So advice out there for anyone listening, get older and then (laughs) then you'll just naturally be able to not give a fuck. Yeah, like that's the best gift that life gives you. <laughs> so then when you were a 20-what-year-old person when you met Polly Shore? I was 29. Were you nervous? I don't know. At that time also, I, I really felt like I was on this rocket ship to fame. So I felt like it made sense for me to be working with Polly Shore. You're like, my pedestal's pretty high. <laughs> yeah, I, I built my own pedestal. Is that the key to not feeling nervous? No, I think some people just, like somebody like my dad is the same around anybody and doesn't get nervous no matter who he is talking to and doesn't adjust his personality. But I typically would. In this situation, I wasn't nervous to meet him. And I even remember saying it one time. It was our first meeting with Polly Shore and he was like, asked about our backgrounds and how we arrived where we were. We said like, we met in college, we started this web series, we got picked up by College Humor and Funny or Die, and now we're making this pilot. And then he goes, and now you're working with Polly Shore. And then I had two thoughts. One was like, yeah, that's really awesome. My 13 year old brain was like, yeah, that's crazy. Like, that's so cool that I'm working with Polly Shore. This is a dream. And then the other thought in my head was like, like, who are you to say that? Like, you're, uh-huh. it's not a big deal to be working with you now. <laughs> like, you have, you're selling DVDs out of your trunk. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I just mm-hmm. shot a TV pilot with Kate McCoochie and Paul Rust. Wait, so, why aren't those people on the... I'll have to add them to it. You have to add them. I don't know who they are, but... Yeah. 
Paul Rust has a TV show on Netflix called Love. Is that with there? There's this blonde chick in it, right? I've never seen it. I'm pretty sure I know exactly what that is. I have trouble watching anything that has people in it that I was once like at a similar level to, and now they're famous and have TV shows on Netflix, and I host a webcast for a global corporation for 350 people every two weeks. Wow. Interesting. Why, why, wow? I just, I did not know that that was a thing that went through your head. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It is, yeah, it makes sense. I'm, I feel like I'm learning for the first time just quite the, the level of fame that you were at. It's <laughs> not. Best. It wasn't a level of fame, but it was a level of like access. Our managers also manage like Will Ferrell and Judd Apatow and Jim Carrey. So like we were at the same management company and when we were shooting our pilot, they called Chris Pratt to ask him to play my older brother. We could just like knock on anyone's door or we were like set to be, you know, if we had kept working hard and stayed there, like something would have eventually happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we both left and, uh, and then I still get conflicted about that yeah and I feel weird when it's when I see somebody like Paul Rust who uh is now writing for a bunch of stuff and acting in a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and it's like oh that could have been me so it's that's in the back of my head if I ever watch something mm-hmm. like that why could it why can't hard. it still be you uh I because I don't think that would be I don't think that would make me happy either and that's why I left mm-hmm. I was doing all this stuff and like Dreams were coming true for me all the time, like getting to work with Polly Shore. <laughs> and, Childhood dream. And being able to have meetings with powerful people in Hollywood and performing improv, excelling at that. But then at the same time, like I just wasn't feeling spiritually fulfilled. So that's why I left. And it's, I guess I don't feel spiritually fulfilled doing what I'm doing now. So I think that's when I get conflicted. And it's like, well, I might as well be doing that. That might as well <laughs> be famous. I would be, I would be famous <laughs> and have much more money and uh, much more influence and all that. Um, so, uh, Don't you think it's possible to be spiritually fulfilled outside of work? Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to figure out the balance to now. I think I do struggle, though, with spending so much time doing something that isn't like super meaningful mm-hmm. yeah and i i try to c- convince myself that you know our team at work we're all working together and it doesn't really matter what we're doing but we're all like supporting each other and like making it even possible for us to have a livelihood and making the job fun for each other mm-hmm. um so i guess i do get some meaning out of the work that we do but I do wish we were, like, saving lives or something. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I'm good at. I'm good at making videos. Yeah, but you can make videos to save lives somehow. I mean... I'm going to save Polly Shore's life with hey, the video, with the indie movie that I make. I actually think that's really not a bad idea. Yeah. No, I, I, it'll be like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction when it's going to be the Polly Shore renaissance. The Paulissance. Yep. <laughs> Um, I feel like you, yeah, I, I've struggled with the meaning thing a little bit. 
You were an inner city school teacher. Yeah, and I like went. I spent like months in Peru and months in Israel, like on like global mission stuff. That was a big part of my life. Why? What meaning do you get out of your work now, or do you not care if you get meaning out of work because you get meaning outside of work? So, um, I can't. I don't know if I'm fully. I've fully landed on where I stand with this because I. I definitely have like the conflict here and there of similar to what you're you're describing. When I was teaching, when I was in the thick of like just giving a lot of my time for the sake of humanity around the world, it was more I think my personality as the two on the Enneagram. I do that and I I get a lot of my own self-worth from being from giving of myself. And so it seems very selfless, but really it's for my own internal benefit. Not to say that that was 100% what was going on at that point in time, but ultimately what I found was that I was kind of generally like depleted as a person. And so I think in my best moments, I was able to like, you know, have like an over ever flowing like wealth of energy that I could put and like positivity that I could put everywhere. But like ultimately when I was a teacher, I didn't have any energy when I when I would go home for the holidays like I literally just like couldn't engage very well with my family I wasn't super keen on like helping clean up the house or like do the dishes I was just like depleted like mentally emotionally physically depleted and it was interesting my mom made a comment right after I moved out of teaching that she's like you're a different person like you have so much more energy to give and I found that to be true. This is true in, in not just teaching, but like when I get to the point where I'm just overwhelmed with too many things going on, I just don't have a lot of ability to like give in the in the little ways, like in the day-to-day interactions with like the grocery store clerk or the person at the coffee store or For like sure. my coworkers. Like I don't have the bandwidth to outpour in positivity. I think at the end of the day, it feels good, but like... I don't know. It wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't like unhealthy, but I wouldn't call it like the most healthy, like mental state or emotional state. So the last like number of years I've spent just like pouring into like trying to become the healthiest human being that I possibly can in hopes that like I can figure out how to keep my mind in a good, in a space and like kind of like set up like a, 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 a mental system where I can like give 100% of myself or just a lot more of myself in in my work and not feel so depleted so that like everything else suffers. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the latest, like the last five years of trajectory of my career, the work that I do is actually really rewarding. There's a lot of like immediate gratification and success that I experience. So that's been like a way of like increasing my confidence, getting myself to a place where I feel like mentally stimulated and yeah and you do have like you're the director of a lot of people so you have a huge impact over the lives of the people that you're leading Mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's a new thing and that's that's something that I'm I'm really appreciating because I I just I really enjoy that yeah yeah so there's there's a lot that I get that's very like just all about me but there is a lot of opportunity for me to to affect other people yeah Um, and I I feel like the last couple of years is the first time where I'm actually like making money and having a lot of extra money. And I feel like I'm able to 
use that in a positive way that I never was able to before mm-hmm. and make things special for family members. Yeah, right, um, exactly. And, you know, pay for trips and take people out to nice places and give people experiences that they wouldn't be able to or that I wouldn't have been able to provide before. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. And I also, like, I just, when I was teaching, it just doesn't feel stable. And I'd love to get to the point where I can, like, handle that (laughs) but it's just not not in me right now i bought a journal that gives you journal prompts Mm -hmm. and one was like this was like last week and they said i first felt like a real adult dot 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 and then i wrote when i got this job (laughs) like (laughs) i'm almost 40 years old and i finally feel like i have control of my life for the first time because yeah when i was running my own business or when i was like flailing around los angeles it just felt too chaotic and just all over the place and now I feel like I'm able to breathe and I feel like I'm in control of my life and I didn't have that working at nonprofits mm-hmm. or running my own business or yeah any of that, for sure so. for sure for those of you who tuned in to hear about Polly Shore we hope you're <laughs> enjoying this interlude uh, we could spin off this part into a separate podcast no this this was my vision for the podcast where it's like <laughs> we pretend it's about celebrities and then Main switch and then we just talk about our own lives and it's basically a therapy session well i think this has been a pretty pretty much a success i don't know about you <laughs> uh, any any final thoughts um i think my final thoughts after hearing from you i i actually think it would be really cool to meet Polly shore well, maybe we could get him to be a guest speaker for our global corporation someday or get him in a video. I am looking for a keynote, actually. So I'll, let's see if he's on Cameo. <laughs> I don't think Polly Shore would be the guy for a keynote. What about an MC for an award show? Uh, that could be good. Oh, I feel like Polly Shore could get the company in some see, HR. See, that's what I was saying in the beginning. It's a little controversial. Full circle. I think when he was on MTV with the long curly hair, I, I would definitely say he was attractive, objectively handsome. Yeah. Uh, yes, he is on Cameo. It's guess how much it is for a Polly Shore Cameo. Mm, 200 bucks? 250. You lowballed him. Oh, man. Sorry, but um, that's, that's pretty good. He has 172 reviews, so that means at least 172 people have paid him $250 to make a 30-second video. Hmm. Cool. All um, right. Well, so that's I, the that's the, the first podcast. I think that's a wrap. All right. Bye. I, Thanks for having me as your guest. Thanks for being here, Houchin. Yeah. What do I do? Do I push pause? If I couldn't buy no diamond rings, still wanna be me. If I wasn't a celebrity.